You are listening to Intrepid Healthcare's exclusive coverage of the HIMSS Annual Conference and Exhibition. Welcome to HIMSS 15 Direct from Chicago. Our coverage is brought to you by CTG Health Solutions, your trusted advisor for healthcare IT advisory and consulting services. And now, here are your hosts, Joe Lavelle and Rayanne Thorne. Welcome to a special episode of Intrepid Healthcare Live from the HIMSS 15 exhibition floor in Chicago. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle, and I'm excited to be bringing you Talk HIT with CTG with my friend and co-host, Rayanne Thorne, from our remote studio right here in the CTG Health Solutions booth. Rayanne, let's give a quick shout-out to our fantastic sponsor, CTG Health Solutions. We are so excited to be here at HIMSS 15 talking to patient advocates over the next couple of hours, but CTG has been instrumental in making sure that these patient advocates get here. They were part of contributing to the scholarship that brought them to HIMSS 15, and you can follow CTG at CTGHS. That's CTGHS on Twitter. Very good. We're going to get right to it today. Today we're joined by Carly Medosh. Medosh. Carly's one of the five His Talk Patient Advocate Scholarship winners sponsored by none other than our friends at CTG. Carly, congratulations on your scholarship. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. All right. Before we begin our discussion, please give the audience a little about your background, how you became a patient advocate. Well, I actually, it's a very long, long road. I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease about 21 years ago when I was 13 years old. And that diagnosis took six months to even get. But I started off, you know, very grassroots, local fundraising and that sort of thing. My mom and I have done a local Crohn's and colitis support group in Fredericksburg, Virginia. This is our seventh year. And a few years ago, I got more involved with Twitter and social communities around just talking about health and things with patients, but also doctors and other, other people in the healthcare industry. I got to go to the Medicine X conference in 2012, and that was really kind of really eye-opening to kind of make me aware of the fact that patients could be in those places where you traditionally don't think of them being. Right. So it's almost like a, a glass ceiling that you didn't even realize was there, and sort of even within my own mind, like perception of where I could go as a patient. So now I'm the kind of person now that will find out about an event and I will say, are there any provisions for patients to attend, either for free or a scholarship or that kind of thing? And if they say, no, it's not really for patients, then I kind of explain to them how patients can benefit (laughs) and also how they can benefit from having patients. Because I really think that we can't solve the problems in healthcare unless every single stakeholder is at the table. And that's not just providers and payers and health IT people, but patients and everybody in that same room. Couldn't agree more. Carly, you made a great point in your write-up for the scholarship I'd like to pass on to our audience. You pointed out there may not be one patient on stage here over these four days. Certainly, we applaud his talking, hymns, CTG making it so you could be here. What do you think we can do between now and next year to make sure there's 500 of you guys here and there's many, many on stage? I almost think it's sort of the reverse of what I was talking about when I got to go to Stanford was I think that sometimes people don't think about having patients. I think just that awareness that, yes, you can invite patients or you have a booth 
invite a patient to come speak. I know e-patient Dave was here yesterday speaking at one of the booths. That's really great, but it'd be great, like you said, if we could have 500 patients out of 40,000. Maybe every booth brings a patient with them or... Every every idea. panel has a There's patient. There's our challenge. That's there a great every idea. Booth every a booth. Do you hear us, Hymns 15? <laughs> every booth brings a patient. And if people say we don't know where to find patients, definitely reach out to me. Reach out to Regina. We all know a ton of very, very well-qualified people who would love to have that kind of opportunity. All right, we're laying it down. Him 16 in Las Vegas. <laughs> like Every it. booth brings Every a Every booth bring a patient. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll start tweeting that out. I can, I can spend that next I, year doing I, that. I'm going to set up Hoots Pushing one it out. time a I day like it. between now and then. I, I like it. I love it. <laughs> All right. so, so tell us, give us a breakdown of Crohn's. Oh, well, Crohn's is really fun because it's... Crohn's it, is really fun. It's not, I never thought I'd not, hear that. It's not fun, but it, it, <laughs> it's hard to kind of explain in a nutshell because it affects people differently. And when I was first diagnosed, that was one of the really challenging things for me, both in terms of managing my condition, but also psychologically, you know, being able to find people that I related to. So the the kind of textbook Crohn's disease definition is it's a chronic illness. There's no cure. We don't know what causes it, but they're working with the human genome project and that kind of thing sure. to try to crack that code. But it it primarily affects the digestive system, and that can go all the way from your mouth all the way down. And it's sort of, if you think about having ulcers, but kind of super ulcers. And in Crohn's disease, it can affect the entire intestinal wall. So you can have it ulcer. Just sores on the the whole. Right. But it can go all the way through so that then your your gut is leaking out into your abdominal cavity, and it can be extremely dangerous and a critical situation. But for me, when I was younger, I had a lot of intestinal narrowing. So anytime I ate anything, I would throw up. And I was a preteen, I was a high school student, all that kind of stuff. So I'd be out with friends and I would just casually kind of walk off to the restroom and, and vomit and come back. Right, and I right. didn't make a big deal about it because at least I was feeling well enough to be out because I dealt with a lot of fatigue. You have a lot of trouble sometimes when you are able to eat, you're not able to really get the nutrients from the food that you are eating. So you see a lot of people that are very, you know, malnourished, a lot of problems with anemia, all that different kind of stuff. And then, you know, you can be in a lot of pain, pain. like really severe right. cramping. And then also, you know, people have arthritis type symptoms. And I think a lot of chronic illnesses also have a lot of mental health components. So I don't know if it's a a symptom of that whole situation, right. but there's a lot of anxiety and depression, especially if people have more traditional bathroom urgency type of issues. You always know where the bathrooms are, and if you want to know where the bathrooms are anywhere that I am, definitely ask me, and I'll you know be able to, be able to tell you. <laughs> you always first thing you do is scope out where the bathroom yeah, is. Exactly. That's right. Carly, you said thing. that you consider your illness a credential. What do you mean by that? Well, sometimes people will say, "Oh, I went to school for for ten years to be." a clinician or I needed to get this many credit hours to earn this certificate or to become a nurse. And I've spent 21 years as a super user of the health system. And so you know how you can get honorary doctorate. I would love to have some kind of provision where patients can can get some kind of certificate. Of Maybe a big giant S right. to wear on your chest, exactly. super user of the yeah. health system, yeah. right? <laughs> I got my MBA a few years ago, and if you're an executive, you can do an executive MBA program, and they That's will right. count a lot of your work experience toward your degree. That's exactly right. But where is the school that will let me 
count my patient experience towards my doctorate. <laughs> no, you make a great point. We were discussing with Amanda. My mother has lupus, and she's had to manage it over the past 30 years. She probably knows as much as, as anybody about at least how to manage that, and it is a credential. In I mean, particular for herself, well, it, right? For it, means, herself it means a great and, deal to know your own health. she could help, yeah. That's right. So. Let's talk about the walking gallery. So, so you're here. You're part of the Histoc scholarship. What does it mean to you to be a part of hashtag the walking gallery? So, tell tell us what that is all about. Well, so this is a very timely question because I've known about the walking gallery and been a supporter of the walking gallery for many years, but it wasn't until very recently that I asked Regina if she would paint my jacket, and she painted my jacket here at Hims, and it. She just finished painting it you know, maybe an hour or two ago. Um, That's wonderful. Yeah, so when we have our, our meetup later today, it'll be my debut wearing my story. Make sure you tweet out pictures of that because we would love to retweet it and, and oh, make definitely. sure everybody sees it. So yeah. it's where is it right now? It's in the His Talk booth. Okay. Yeah. Hanging up in there. And, and she painted it so people could watch her painting it? Yeah, so she's been painting here live this entire event. So Great. yesterday she painted one for another lady. Okay. Well, wonderful. Thank you for being a part of that. We're really excited to have you here and enjoying HIMSS, helping us enjoy the HIMSS conference. Anything else you would like to achieve while you're here? Anything else we can talk about? Well, so being at HIMSS has been a really interesting experience because I think I was at the keynote this morning and they're talking about, you need to talk to patients. We need to listen to patients and really help them solve their problems, meet their needs. And when I go up to some of these booths, I've been pleasantly surprised at mostly it's been a really positive reaction. People might be a little confused. What do you mean you're a patient? What are you doing here if you're a patient? You're not representing <laughs> a hospital system's financial department. Right. Um, so they kind of don't know what to do with me sometimes. But most of the booths have been very friendly. A lot of them have been very excited. And one of them even was trying to get me to stay <laughs> for, for a while. But I had another appointment I had to run up to. Probably the most exciting one that I've been to so far in terms of the technology and also their reception was the Panasonic booth. They have a connected healthcare solution product and sort of suite of services that's, that's really interesting. And I would ask them some questions and I would say, well, what about this and what about that? And can the patient input what they think their goal should be and all that kind of stuff. And it's for inpatient setting. And they said, oh yeah, you can do all that stuff. So it was really cool to be kind of asking some tough questions. And they were like, yep, it can do that. Yep, you can do that. Yeah. Which a lot of times they'll say, oh no, we don't have that capability. Joe mentioned this earlier with another guest about how healthcare has basically been designed around the doctor. We would love to see a shift and see it really embrace the patient and not think of the patient as a, a chart number or a consumer, but really understanding that the patient could be their mother, mm -hmm. could be their daughter, could be their niece or nephew or themselves, mm -hmm. right? So do you have any words of advice? I mean, you're being pulled in different directions, right? You're, you have people in booths that want you to stay because they know that your words can bring more people to their booth, mm -hmm. right? So what words of wisdom do you have to share with us? Oh, I think that sometimes people, they think that involving patients is 
some really big hurdle. And it seems kind of funny to me that people can solve these interoperability problems and they can hash out the government regulations and run a multinational healthcare system. But the idea of finding patients and incorporating their feedback <laughs> is, is daunting to them. We're not really that scary and we're not really that hard to find. <laughs> right. you know? So I just think that making it a priority is really important. But also I've been in situations where I am invited somewhere and I'm on a panel or I'm invited to give feedback and I might be the only patient there or one of very few patients. Right. And I think it's really important also for people to know that you can't just have one patient and say, okay, Carly, tell me what is the patient perspective? Because if it's me, that's my story, that's my preferences, that's the kind of person that I am and how I want my health system right. to operate. But if it's my mom or my dad or my brother or your mom, or your dad, or your brother, right. they're all going to have different needs, and your needs even change. So we have a lot of issues with fatigue of being a patient with especially chronic care. And so a lot of times I need to be very engaged, but sometimes I don't want to be. Or sometimes I want to go on vacation and just sit at the beach, and I don't want to be having to be the expert on the latest research and devices and medication and right. interactions right. that I can then educate my doctor and always having to be fighting. And I think that it's important to kind of realize that there's not just one patient voice. There can be many. And that you, you know, the idea is that you need to talk to patients and talking to one is better than none and talking to five is better than one and talking to a 500 is better than five. So just as much as these organizations can structure their programs that they bring in as many patients as possible. That's a great message. And what a perfect way to wrap up your time here with us on hashtag talk HIT with CTG. It's been a pleasure to have you here. Before we wrap up, how can folks reach out to you? Probably if anybody knows about me already, it's through Twitter. So my Twitter handle is Carly RM. That's C-A-R-L-Y-R-M. And then I also have a link to my blog in my Twitter profile, and it's blog.chroniccarly.com, C-H-R-O-N-I-C-A-R-L-Y.com. Or you can just Google Carly Medosh, M-E-D-O-S-C-H. I think I'm the only Carly Medosh on the internet, so. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Thank you really much for having me. Great. That wraps our live broadcast from Hymns 15. Again, we want to shout out a quick thanks to our sponsor, CTG Health Solutions. More than 25 years of providing HIT consulting expertise and innovative solutions to produce real results. On behalf of our guest, Carly Medosh, and my co-host, Rayanne Thorne, I'm Joe Lavelle, and Intrepid Healthcare's live coverage from Chicago will be right back.